0: Oh my God, Vitality are like, what are the best teams we have? Asterix, Hilly, what the hell are you doing?
1: And we can go for another raid it or hate it. Igna on Yumi, hate it, hate it, absolutely hate it. <laughs> Dagda doesn't need to respond first.
0: When you look at like Uzi being voted the number one person, imagine Caps beating Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's, that's, right. that's
1: basically what happened. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Euphoria for 2024, episode number four, I am not DD, also known as Daniel Dragos, also known as CIFA back in the day, that's right, I remembered, yeah, Yeah, I remembered, I'm here to fill in the man who's feeling a little bit down in the blues, he's obviously sick, that's why I'm here, I'm, I'm the replacement for today, and Dagda has to deal with me, hey? Yeah, well, it's been a pleasure.
0: I mean, we had a great conversation. It's been absolutely fantastic. We got to talk about like a bunch of the teams going into playoffs. We got to talk about some of the the picks that we really liked in the meta and what we're kind of like, do we rate them? Do we hate them? New segment. We'll get to find out. But uh, yeah, it was a really, really good chat. We got a little bit overtime. So I hope you enjoyed the slightly longer episode today. (laughs) But uh, yeah, make sure you can watch us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, So make sure
1: you're checking in and hope you enjoyed the episode. Let's get to it. Now, since we are talking about replacements... Maybe it's a good time to talk about other people who've been replaced. Oh. <laughs> um, maybe not for the, I was going to say for the better, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I love Dracos. He's great. He's better than me. Um, big news came out. You saw it on Twitter, right? You know, we're talking about yeah. Yamato, yeah. KC. Dude, this was this was rough. Like, Yeah.
0: Honestly, I'm kind of shocked. Um, it feels a bit unfair to Yamato. Yeah. Um, like, the guys only just got there. And... Obviously, there's very clear issues within Carmen Corp, but mm-hmm. it's like these aren't really things that I feel like should be put onto the coach. Like, off like Bo running in ahead of the other four players and his team is upset, is like resetting a base. Is like, yes, these are things that you need to fix, but it's not like getting five people onto the screen is the coach's fault. That is clearly a fault of communication within the players and nobody actually talking to each other on this team. So, and the fact that it's what they've played three weeks of games. They had like a handful of scrims before the split started. Like how can like, you actually judge Yamada? He played
1: this? nine individual games, Bo ones against nine different opponents. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I think the thing that rubs me wrong about this and the thing that, that bothers me the most is the fact that like Yamada has been very vocal in the past. You know, he's, he's a very nice guy. We know they've been outward facing. He's been working on himself so much um, as well as the team in the process. And there's just, I don't know, there's just no time to develop here. It's only a winter season. It's so short. You'd think this would be like a year-long thing of getting them to be the best roster because on paper, the names are really good. Like the individual names are really yeah. good on this roster. So that's what I think. It, it just rubs me wrong because, you know, I've watched this guy for the longest time and we know from co-streaming, from him being on broadcast that he is a really hard worker mm-hmm. and it just feels like a shot in the gut, you know. Yeah,
0: big time, and especially when he like, I don't know. I know pe- some people are on like Twitter are saying, "Oh, well, before you talk about this, like, make sure you look at like, oh, it's like Reha who's been with the team is going to replace them, and they he's been here for the longest time, and he yep. understands them, yada yada yada." It's like, then why bring in Yamato to begin with? Like, if this was ever the game plan, it's like just put Reha into that position from the get go. Don't say to you are going to stick with Yamato for yep. like. A while, I don't know what the contract was, but like, don't say you're going to go with Yamato if that was never the game plan. So it feels like basically Yamato's the scapegoat here for all the issues Dude, that exist. And I think it should be a player replacement thing. I don't think it should fall back on Yamato's head.
1: I'm, I'm just going to say it. I mean, Targa has been had a lot of criticism. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd start there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't care if they cover and get me mad. Like, I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah. you're right. He's a scapegoat. And I will add as well, like by removing coaching staff. This early in the year as well, when you're d- a developing roster, first time putting these pieces together, where you know the most vocal member comes from LPL originally, mm-hmm. has an assistant coach built around him who worked yeah. with him on FPX, and then you have these other pieces coming in, like Upset who's been a legend in the league. You know, you've got Saken and, and Cabo coming in mm-hmm. from from secondary. Cabo's been here before. Saken is yeah. also yeah, he yeah. was on Vitality a while ago. That's but right. Yeah. But it's like there's so many moving parts. That's why it feels like it's it's way too early again.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the biggest problem. It just feels like they haven't really given the any of this a, a shot. Now, I do say like there are very clear issues with like I think Bo at this stage has kind of shown that he's I don't know if it's an unwillingness or what the story is, because like like we would both be heavily Bo biased from FPX days bit, back in LPL. Bit. But I think he's very much shown that look, there is an issue here that he's not working with the teams that he's on. We saw it in Vitality, never seen it again in True. the Carming Corp. So I definitely think there seems to be issues with, hey, people just need to talk to each other about what they're doing and you can't just decide, I'm going to go ahead and do this thing because yeah. there's too many times where I see Bo like running ahead of people and just getting caught out or making True. sure the fight's in a 4v5 because his health bar is gone. So I don't know. It feels like there are plenty of issues on Carming Corp um, and to just go like Axe Yamato feels very weird to me when you're like, hey, look, clearly this this is an, a problem with getting these players all on the same page. Yeah. And yes, technically you can be like, hey, isn't the coach supposed to help with that? He's like, yeah, but when they're in different books, <laughs> it's going to take them a while to go and find everyone to get them up to the same page.
1: I know. And, and so you kind of left with this, like, I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to look for spring. I don't know how with the coaching change and everything it's going to, you know, KC going to turn it around. Um, but I think overall you're, I think the sentiment for this team is going to be a little bit more negative than before as well. Because even the fans, even the KC fans are coming out and being like, hey, like it's only been a split. You know, even the fans have been so vocal and been so, you know, like like punchy for KC's success aren't really happy with this. I don't know if you've looked over the, the Twitter sentiment, especially from that post, yeah. looking at the comments. Like it's it's a bit of doom and gloom. It's a bit a bit of sadness, even from, you know, the local fans.
0: Yeah, I do appreciate there was a lot of like nice sentiment towards him, at In is. the send off being like, is. hey, look, you know. Like, thank you for supporting us. Because as Mm. you said, like last year, he was like co-streaming all their stuff. He was very much on their side. So I think it's nice to see that the fans at least haven't turned on him in this. um, Yeah. Because it does, it just doesn't feel fair at all to kind of put him in this position where, uh, yeah, I think, I think there's way more issues and I don't think this is going to be something that solves Carmine Corpse issues. No,
1: not at all. And I hope that that he's got some involvement in the future, whatever that is, you know, maybe he gets... Rotated back around. I don't know how it's going to work But um, Yeah
0: I, I would be very surprised if he did I think at this stage Just like You're just like Hands off Disassociate
1: yeah. yeah well he deserves something Um Shout out to Yamato Deserves a lot of love But we can get into something A little bit more positive yeah. If you like You know we we'll put that to the side <laughs> Great way for me to start Isn't it You <laughs> yeah. know Come in as a fill And just uh You know Go straight to the negatives But to be fair I cause drama we know that. <laughs> I cause a lot of drama. It's a great
0: You're so lovable though.
1: How many? I, I? I don't think so. I think you're the lovable one. Dude, for me, I'm like I'm like the person that um like causes drama, has like really outbound opinions. You know, <laughs> don't get me started on, on commenting on semifinals of worlds, man. <laughs> I'm too hard on. Um now Dracos set something up and it's a shame that he can't be here to start this off, yeah. but he he wants to bring in something called rate it or hate it. Yeah.
0: That's exciting.
1: You want to explain it, Dagda? So
0: basically myself and Didi were chatting yesterday and we're like, look, there's a bunch of new picks that we're seeing in the meta at the moment. Mm -hmm. Let's try and have a look and basically go through what are some of the like uh, standout picks that we've seen from a couple of the teams over the course of this uh, playoffs Mm -hmm. and then talk about whether the team, like have they been cooking some good stuff? Has they had that little bit of spice or have they completely burnt the kitchen down? So we're going to go through it. We'll rate them. We'll hate them. We'll figure out exactly where we are. But the first team to start with, I think is going to be G2, because my word, the Zach pick was. How good is it? Incredible. Okay, sorry.
1: How much do we rate it? Are you I gonna rate got to get it. on the branding.
0: This is so sick. I rate it. Like, I think it's so, so cool. The the fact that he's got. It's always kind of been a pick that's like a cheese pick, I suppose, on <clears in> top <throat> lane for a while. It yeah, can do very well. It's always been a lane bully. Yep. But I think when you've got. So many immobile lady carries that are in the meta, or so many backline threats that are quite immobile, having something that can just immediately gain access to them is so incredibly strong. True. Um, and I really loved the combo that we saw with um, BB specifically, which was take the Zac and take away. So you've got that like QW combo to just like slam them down. Take it away, so away
1: sorry, take away what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: take away the health bars of everything. <laughs> yeah. that that's what it did. Because they were like, how the hell do you play it? Because you've got this virus, right? The poke virus, which is by far the top eighty carry pick at the moment. That we just see all the time because of its flexibility, because the amount of damage it can turn out. But now you just have this pick that just sends itself in there. And it's like, cool, what are you going to do? You try to, you know, I think it was even, was it yourself or maybe Dracos that said it during the cast? I can't remember. It was, I cast that game and it's gone now. But yeah, yeah. in the middle of the cast, it was Dracos. Yeah, it was like, you try to like send out this cue. You light it up, you like rev it, you're good yeah. to go, and it's like you just slow yourself. You just make it easy for, <laughs> for him to, to jump in, right. Yeah, you have a terrible time with it. So, yeah, I, I really do rate this pick. I don't know about you,
1: and and uh, I mean, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Like with you coming in, like this was this is one of my favorite picks of playoffs so far. Just for context, um, one of my favorite champions, I think, of the whole split. It's been nice seeing Huy, but like seeing Zach is good because not only do you skirmish early, not only do you always want to fight. The fact that this champion is just, as you said, such a nuisance for the current meta we have mm-hmm. is hilarious. Watching him getting into the backline and cause mayhem. And he's just unkillable. Yeah. Like, I don't know if people at home know this, but the passive is pretty much like double what the ability cost is. So Slingshot, let's say, takes 30 health. Yeah. The passive, the blob that it drops gives you like 60. Yeah, it's insane. So you, you don't ever end up dying. You can be such a nuisance, as I said, and... It's it's actually not that bad of a lightning phase. Like you suffer through the early levels, but once you once you get the you say
0: suffer he he killed Akuryan and he So killed. He, solo, kill? he yeah. solo killed. He him. Did. Like what? Like it's so dumb because all you do is like cool. I take like all this damage, I trade yep. it, and then I just wander into the minion line, happy out, press W a couple of times, and then I get all my health back. It's and insane.
1: I think it was Jun. I think it was in game two when he when he picked it up, um, or, or one of the games against Fnatic. Yeah. And on the Zack, it was early. They did like a lane swap of like 14 minutes. Yeah. And he just solo killed Jun as well on the Nautilus support. <laughs> <laughs> he literally
0: just under it mean,
1: I will say that was a little bit in from Jun because he was like a level 8 to level 11. And yeah. I was like, what did you
0: expect to happen
1: here, mate? That, that's also true. But the fact that like the damage you do because of the max health damage of W, which is such a big trading yeah. tool, is insane. Yeah. And like, man, no wonder we rate it. Like this pick is insane because... I think, as you said, it's been sleeper for a while. But like, Broken Blade is great on things that can pull the trigger in team fight, like Yone we saw in the last game of the season as well. Like, Broken Blade when he has things that pull the trigger in team fights, man, this dude's good. And that kind of leads us into the little, you know, the little segue from Great Zach to like now Great Team question yeah. mark.
0: Well, I think that's the thing is like. For me, I think it feeds into why G2 are so strong is being able to bring out all these picks, right? right. Like, Caps, you get BB obviously bringing out the Yones and the Zacks and this kind of stuff. Caps looks absolutely insane on the way. Like, you've got, um, you got Yike, who's willing to bring out things like the Belvet, which is his yep. little pocket picks. Even like he was a Kazakhs one, I don't want to say one trick, but like Kazakhs main essentially coming up through um, the NFL. So, like, you have these guys that they have all these off-meta picks that they're willing to bring out. Mm-hmm. And it makes it so difficult to try and draft against them. Um, and I think it, it is causing issues for teams when you go up against them. Because even I was looking at their match, or sorry, their SotoQ match history. And <laughs> every single one of them, apart from I think Yike is playing Karma. Oh,
1: really? So it's like
0: you see a Karma locked in. It's like Mickey's playing it. They're playing it in the AD carry role. They're playing in the mid lane role. And BB plays at top. Flex? Yeah, it's like well, it's like the old Pike yeah. back in the day for 2019 G2. It's like, how the hell do you try and draft against True. a team like that? So it becomes very, very difficult. And even you've got things like Hans Sama's Draven is high priority bands. So it just feels like when you play against the squad, it's so difficult to go up against them. And then it leads into, well, look, the, are they the best team in the league? Personally, I'd say Yes. But I also yeah. think it's like kind of tough because at the same time, um, they they are so inconsistent. <laughs> like it's even like they smacked Giant, G, or Giant XR in their series, right? Mm. But then you actually kind of forget that, oh, wait, if you look at the first few minutes of game one, you had a terrible opening to that game. He was like 0-3 or something in the opening few minutes. True. You couldn't find that consistency. At the start of the split, you could see they were struggling to find out like how to value void grubs versus like playing around bot side and Hansam and Mickey would play aggressive on waves where Yike's playing on towards Void Grubs and they die on bot lane. Like, it feels like there's a huge amount of issues that were there for them where it's just like, what the hell are we supposed, like, how, how do we rate a team where, because if you, let's be real, we don't look at G2 for how well are they going to do in the LEC. It's mm. kind of taken for granted that G2 are going to do well in the LEC.
1: Like a muck around where it doesn't make yeah. a difference. Yeah. But it's
0: like, it's how well are they going to do at an international level? And it just feels like the performances that they've had in the early game shows that for me, I don't think they're going to be able to perform at the yeah. international. Now you can always go like, "Oh well, <laughs> at least they're getting practice playing from behind," you
1: know. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's but what, realistically, that's what they're doing, yeah, yeah.
0: But realistically, it's like, I do think their mid games are good, but their early game tomfoolery is just an absolute mess. It like can, they need to figure it out. It
1: can be, it can be really rough. And I will say as well, like. I think a lot of teams have struggled in early game because, as you said, figuring out grubs is one thing, mm-hmm. but also figuring out the meta, at least in 14-1, was a big thing. Mm-hmm. But also there were teams like BDS who could play the early game at least, you know, more yes. consistently than G2 in the regular season of winter. Um, on that point, I think you're right. I think G2 are still the best team because we just know the ceiling so damn high. That's, yeah. that's the hardest thing, isn't it? And it's like last winter. I think last winter they finished fourth as well. Then they get into yeah. playoffs and it's like, oh, you start getting into BO3s and BO5s. And then GO2 with the draft gap, with the fact that they have so much diversity and can pull out things like the Zach top, like Broken Blades of Vladimir. Yeah. I think he played at the end of the regular season as well. Like you're like, hmm, what's Yike going to play in jungle? We could just return to something like a Graves, probably play a Kindred. And like, I think that's what's crazy about this team is just it's just so unexpected. You don't know who, you, yeah. who you're walking into. Even a team like Fnatic yeah. you know, can get caught off guard.
0: And I think that's, it's... Incredible, but also frustrating. Like, you look at that game one versus Fnatic where they play the Lucian Nami. Like, that was hype. That was like, okay, this team clearly understands the wing con that is playing around Lucian. How to get him ahead. How to, like, play for mid lane. Like, Yike flashing in and using ultimate to set up for the Lucian in the mid lane. Like, it looked like a team that had practiced a lot, like it was basically a very similar combo to what we saw a lot of last year from the LPL and LCK teams, like a Maokai, a Vi or a Sejuani that would ult on mid lane with a Lucian and then allow him to play aggressive on the mid wave to like set up for a bunch of plays. And Mm -hmm. they clearly understood how to play with the pick and they have a stellar early game. And then you look at the next couple of games or even like, as we said, the early game versus Giant X, you're like, I don't know why we can't have this consistency. Where where is it? Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of, I feel, I do think it's, you're always looking at the uh, if we get the the good coin flip with G two, mm. they can be absolutely incredible. But I just I really wish they had a bit more consistency to them, this split. Agreed. Um but it does feel like almost like inevitability that they're just going to be able to find it. Now, I think the really interesting one is going to be how they end up faring up against um BDS, BDS in the wall, but um Yeah, I think that's where we're going to see how they do over the course of the weekend, because BDS have been a team that look very, very good.
1: Well, you can move to them if you want, because I Mm -hmm. I feel like every time a G2 discussion comes up, it's always just like, yeah, they're annoying, but they're still great. Um, BDS, I think in a different bag, like have kind of restored a lot of faith. You know, Mm -hmm. I I put them really high on it, but I'm just going to say this. I put them top four. Mm -hmm. A lot of people didn't. I'm very proud that I did because it was coming off the back of Worlds that I was like, dude, LeBrov is my favorite support now from the yeah, West. Yeah, you are hyped on him. I, this place. And he deserves it. And he still is massive. Like, you know, it, it might just be on Blitzcrank at the moment that people are really highlighting, but still, like, I think LeBrov is one of the best supports in the league. Um, we are also playing rated or hated. I've got to stick to the theme right now. <laughs> Let's start in a in a more negative light for Dagdo, right? This segment obviously oh, tailored God. towards <laughs> you. Dracos is like, oh, I'm going to throw this in. Ice is Jin, rate it or hate it, Dagna, open us up. Yeah, I'm
0: look, I'm just I hate Jin. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this champion so much. Okay. I understand that like he has his merits in he can provide utility with the deadly flourish. Mm. He's got the uh, curtain call in like you play this long-range poke utility style lady carry. Yep. I understand. Why not play Varus <laughs> 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 like, these picks do yeah. so much more and oftentimes Even if you look at like over the course of this split as well, this pick has been taken too many times into like something like a Cassante in the top lane. True. And you just look at the Kassante, and you're like- It does nothing. Nobody kills him
1: ever. You don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. You auto Kassante a couple of times, and you're like, I've got to reload, guys. Yeah. just. I laughing. cannot
0: remember what game I was watching, but it's like, you see the Jinn unload like
1: eight bullets <laughs> yeah.
0: into the Kassante, and I think he lost like 200 HP. Under turret as <laughs> yeah. well. It was like it's under like-
1: turret. Kassante taking up turret, diving. I think I don't know if it was ice. But it was like, it was one of the recent matchups. Yeah, yeah. Cassante is just taking it. Solo kills, walks out with his ulti up. So he's got less resistance. Yeah. and He's in half health. Like, yeah,
0: it makes no sense to me. And it's like when yeah. you see it picked up, oftentimes it is against something like a virus, because you're like, oh, we want to play it like long range and mm-hmm. make sure we're able to deal with it. But it's like, it just doesn't provide in a lot of situations what you need.
1: I, I don't know. I
0: don't like, I don't hate on ice specifically. Gin is just, I hate gin. You hate gin. It's yeah. just, I feel like it does nothing.
1: Gin is like the, you know, Lucian for Dracos. Dracos yeah, does yeah. not like Lucian, yeah. right? At least Western Lucians. Yeah. yeah. um You don't like gins. And I, I was saying on broadcast, cause I kept referencing him like, oh, Dagda wouldn't be happy with this. <laughs> Dagda wouldn't like this. You are like my inspiration, but he's yeah. just like, I have the feeling that Dagda really doesn't like no. gin. <laughs> it just, um, yeah,
0: it doesn't. And then especially when you're getting more tanks in the jungle as well, it's just like Dude, How do you kill them? Like,
1: a, like, I was, like I was going to say, last great gin I remember seeing, and quote me if I'm wrong, anyone at home, but I remember Huan Fong 2020 sooning. Yeah. I don't know if that was the last great one. There's probably yeah. a Korean one at Worlds or something. But <laughs> and
0: even he had to go into the enemy base to make sure he wasn't that's shooting right. the front line. <laughs> that's,
1: that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, okay, definitely hate it. Um, yeah. I will say, you know, I don't, I always have to stand with you, but I stand with you on this because I agree. In the current matter, like how do you kill? It? And if we're seeing things like Zach as well, yeah, Jin versus Zach, oh, it ain't good. Yeah. Um, but on a positive note, how how happy are you with BDS? Like, hmm. how good do you actually think this team is? Because. Yeah. They they've impressed. Like they've gone up against, you know, some of the top teams in the league and done really well.
0: Yeah, I I actually think BDS as a whole have got significantly better. Mm -hmm. Um like I think Nuke has had a pop-off performance. Adam was actually coming into the split. I was expecting Adam to have a good split because one, I think Adam is very, very strong. But two, because Top Lane ends up more isolated with the changes to the map a lot of the champions and the style that he has is playing hyper-aggressive in that lane. And I was like, yeah. So I was like, this is just a straight-up Adam buff. Mm. Um, this is going to be really, really good. So I think it's going to work for him having now the opportunity and even like Darius getting buffed on reads and patches and stuff. He's just going to be happy. He's going to be happy out. He's already but, um Yeah, and I think their team fighting is one of the best in the league. And I think it's very clear to see, like at times you can see ice is trying to catch up to team fights and maybe they're a little bit too quick at the start of the split. But a lot of that's been fixed. And Mm -hmm. I think when you come down to it, like Nuke is performing incredibly well. Sheo is on form as well, where if you look at summer last year, I was a little bit uncertain where to put Sheo because he looked really good at the start of the year. But as it went on, he got to a point where he just wasn't sure what he was supposed to be doing, didn't feel like he could track people as much as well as he did at the start of the year. But this time around, like he looks significantly more comfortable. Um and yeah, I think it's just across the board, BDS have had a massive step up. The only downside is I still think they have the same flaws as last year, which is they don't really because Adam ends up running a lot of like Flash Ghost or something along these lines at the top lane. Their ability to play side lanes is kind of hindered Mm -hmm. um, and they don't set up waves particularly well. And I think a huge amount of it more so is the, because you play with this style of um, top laner, you're not as focused on how do we prepare the map and set up things correctly. So I think the, and this is why like coming up against a team like G2, I think they will struggle a little bit. Because I think if teams are able and willing to play outside lanes and set up the map better, I think that's when BDS are going to struggle. But yeah. I don't think teams in the LEC do that particularly well. Dude,
1: Vitality just walked into them. I think it was like my frustration in the game. Um, Vettius and I casting Vitality BDS and we're like, okay, you know, Vitality won that early. Game two was egregious. Like they they won early games so hard through bot, through the invade. It's like, it's over. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, I can't remember. I can't remember who just got so fed, but like still vitality that was winnable and then bds just win one team fight as you said like if we had to define what bds did well to you know everyone at home would probably say they're, they're a great team fighting team they're really good at capitalizing on the mistakes but as you said if a team can run the map and not walk into you know into a, a very bad position to keep it very simple i think bds you know will struggle as well um so what are you concerned about then for for the lane matchups like if we look outside of that, <laughs> and we go, hey, what's the what's the lane matchup? Like, if G2 are playing good early game, yeah. and you know BDS are, are continuing to play some really good lanes themselves, like, what's the lane that you think maybe BDS will struggle with? Or
0: um, I wouldn't say struggle with. I think the ma- yeah the interesting one for me is top lane. What the hell gets paid, right? BB is showing a whole heap of different things. Sure. You have no idea what, like, um, what Zach, Adam is going to bring Zach out
1: versus Darius,
0: <laughs> yeah. like, that's I possible. Mean, well, honestly, yeah. And I think it's the fact that you've got Darius in the back pocket of Adam is actually a good answer into it because right. we saw, him. Um, Oscar in had a great performance in Demirman on it. And um, I'm pretty sure we've seen it over in the LPL as well. Well, maybe we haven't seen it, but I have the feeling it's we've seen at least Zach or Darius into Zach somewhere else. I can't remember off the top of my head where we've seen it, probably LPL. Um, but yeah, I think there's like good answers into, I, Adam has good answers into this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that's a very interesting matchup. Also just like to come back to Nuke, I think Nuke has had a fantastic year. Good I think call. his there was a lot of criticism leveraged Adam um, when we looked at BDS last year for his champion pool, where it kind of felt like he had two or three champions that he was, that he was very, very comfortable on and couldn't really uh, roam outside that. Yep. At least this year, I don't know how many more he's added to his pool or how much more comfortable he feels, but certainly the meta suits him down to the ground, right? I think his Azir has looked fantastic. His Nico performance has been absolutely spectacular. Um, and even the fact that he's brought out like, um, I'm sorry, yeah, he's kind of just stuck to the and the, uh, the, sorry, the Azir but, and the Nico. But, 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 you,
1: but ra- you raise an important question, is like how far will that champion pool go? I mean, at the moment in mid, it doesn't really have to go that far because yeah. I, I think the level of those champions itself from what I saw last year as a spectator... Has definitely gone above and beyond. Like, Nukes Azir is insane. I think the best Azir in the league right now. And, you know, you and I were discussing off air, off air, off the table, that this guy might be the best mid lane. I mean, if he's not top two, I think for me, I think personally, I think he's the best mid lane. Like, Caps was great at farming in the split. Like, he was consistent edge when G2 were kind of falling over. But, like, Nuke is a playmaker. Yeah and that's what's huge. It's you know not just on things like the Nico. like it's on the zero it's on the Orianna, you know 31.5% of his team's damage in regular season as well for a good reason. Great team fighter, big element to how BDS play the game as well. Like and it's it's crazy with all the mids that we have in the league like Humanoid, yeah. like Caps. Um you know I'm obviously missing people, you know.
0: I mean like Caps, Humanoid, Nisky, Medio, Nis- has was had some good ones like it does feel
1: Nukes being the most consistent, yeah. I feel, and you know, I don't know how anyone can prove that wrong. Like he's he's been really, really consistent, mm-hmm. and in playoffs so far as well, he's he's continued that on. And that's yep. what that's what's scary for G two, I guess, as well, is that like you know, Caps can't just roll over this mid.
0: Yeah, and I think there like there has been times where Caps has had inconsistent games. I think he's been better this mm-hmm. split than he than we saw a little bit last he's, year. He's perhaps. been,
1: the, I think, he's been the best G two consistent G two member for yes. me, yeah, at least regular season, yeah.
0: And I think it's. It's always unfair when I talk about caps because, like, I don't compare caps to when I think of caps in my head. I don't compare them to LEC. I compare them to the, the best of the best. I, oh. prepare, I compare them to the Knights, the rookies, you're, the famous. You're like the stuff. father. You're like the father
1: yeah. that's like, you know, the son comes home, dad, I got S in math, science, everything. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, like, they're like, okay, that's fine. That doesn't matter. Yeah. But you got S minus in this. And this is what yeah. really matters. You like the the rude parent that just wants him yeah. to be a hundred percent. But that is I,
0: it is that it is one hundred percent that where it's like I want I don't want him to be like you know state champion. I yeah. want him to be national World champion. champion. Yeah, 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 it's like yeah. actually make it to okay. that top stage. And I mean, when you look at him back in you know twenty nineteen with mm. Fnatic when twenty twenty with G two, like that's the level that he's playing at, right? Uh, sorry, twenty eighteen, sorry Fnatic, twenty nineteen G two was like that was the level he's playing at, like. Um, I think there is a lot of... Uh, the fact he's an MSI champion, right? Like, there's a lot there where you're like, this guy is at a world-class caliber. And mm. that's, I feel like, where you should hold them. And that's why I talk about G2 as well, is where I should hold G2 is to a higher standard because they've proven that they can
1: get to you kinda, that point. You kind of have to at this point. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Fnatic are held to a similar standard, maybe not the same because mm. of the consistency of G2 and the fact that they've yeah. also held their roster as well, right? Well,
0: that's the problem, like... I'm sorry, Fnatic fans, but when was the last time Fnatic won anything, right? Like, it's been a long okay, out time, Degba, right? right. Yeah, so true. I think it, that's why it's like, you look at G2 as kind of like the the guys. They um, maintain it. They but maintain I, think it. It's, I think it is incredibly cool to see that BDS are now in that con- conversation of, oh, you can contest G2. It's yeah. not like a... Oh, can you? It's you contest G two, mm. and it's like this is actually now a discussion of can you beat them? And I'm like, that's a really, really cool place to be because with the because when you look at the consistency that BDS are bringing to the table, it's hey, as long as you guys can perform like that, mm. and G two, like we've seen, they've shot early games. You can play with Sheo. You can find these early leads. True. Like have some kind of pushing lane for ice. Maybe Labrov gets hands in his blitz crank. Like. This is very much a team that can beat G2. Yeah. And I think that's a very, very cool point to be at. And it's like something that we felt last year in, for in was it spring or winter? My brain is collapsing. But uh, basically last year for BDS, yeah, spring, yep. was like, this is a team that can go the distance. It's a team that feels like they should be able to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really cool to see them match that. But I feel like there's less doubts around it because it's like you can see the really cool level that they're playing at here
1: it's crazy because you lost crowny i mean you lost the the main voice from everyone everyone told me like this is the voice of bds and ice came in and at first like i think we were doubtful in the first week you know against g2 we're like oh ice got caught out a couple of times um but through the split this guy's also developed and i know you know we've got many more teams to talk about but i just leave it on the fact that like ice has now assimilated into the roster he looks like a carry like he looks really good which is going to be exciting, you know, when they go up against Han Summer. Or when he goes up against Hans Summer, I should say. So,
0: Yeah, I think the, just I, a last moment on this. Go for it. I think the spicy matchup is Labrov versus Mickey X. Yeah. I actually think that's the spicy matchup. they That's going to get overlooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're gonna to want to fight. You're gonna to wanna to see like Nautilus and Blitzcranks and all these engaged champions that are going to go gonna go toe to toe. It's gonna be so sick. We're gonna get
1: Pike versus Blitz or something. I don't know. We're gonna get, <laughs> yeah. get Hook City down but there. But I like. think
0: that is actually like, don't get me wrong, nukes cap sick, BB Adam sick, but yeah. I think the support matchup also deserves to be like a hang on a second, this is this got a little bit of a little bit spice. I agree. You, know? you can you
1: yeah. can make an argument for anything on this rift. I'll listen. You know, <laughs> dude. This um it's it's such a fun matchup and I'm glad we get it again. Um, you know, BDS could be, you know, first or a second team, like yeah. That's that's a very big reality. Um, a team that could also be first or second. No, we're completely opposite. Uh time to talk about vitality. This team is frustrating. Before we talk about, you know, the the Dracos TM segment. This team is so frustrating, dude. Like, what is happening? They look so good, you know. Pad looks cool. And uh, shout out to Pad. Um and you know, like their, their game, who's what was their first game, Dagda? It was versus SK. Yeah. You're like, dude, this vitality in the regular season, you and I cast what that. What the hell is happening? <laughs> yeah. And then against BDS, you're like, okay, vitality again. Like, what are we doing? How yeah. do we lose that game, too? <laughs> I do, So,
0: <gasps> the so, hang on. I'm going to start out. There's a couple of different thoughts in my head here, right? <laughs> so, I'm going to hit with the hater or is Lee Sin, right? You get to bring We'll get, okay. we get to the hater or rated on the Lee Sin first. But that draft, epitomizes to me everything that Vitality is. Because the entire time I'm like, what am I looking at? Uh, like, true. What is happening? I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And when you look back at like the SK versus Vitality one, it was like this, oh my God, Vitality are like, what are the best teams we have? Asterix, Hilly, what the hell are you doing? True. And then it got into, okay, Vitality, let's see what you can do. Then we get to the next thing and we get this Lee Sin draft, which is, look, I think it is sick that they were willing to bring out the Lee Sin. I thought it was cool mm-hmm. as an answer into the Akali. And then like, you get that, oh God, they swapped the Akali to top lane to play into Cassante. And you're like, crap, what the hell? And then Video just kind of gets destroyed. He got bodied in yeah. yeah, there was very little that he could do. Now, they did end up winning that game, but I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah. They, oh yeah, yeah, they did. Oh, hell yeah, they did. Because later on, the Lee Sin had a lot of relevancy, I will say. He played yeah. like a bit of a jungler to the top side um consistently roaming and you know i know we're, we're, we'll start with the, the hated or rated right and you are where on this <laughs> the, i because you didn't give me what you sorry, like hate or rated, it, yeah. and then you're like oh, i'm not sure about this draft yeah <laughs> yeah lee sin
0: yeah i don't know i like the thought process i think it would be cool into the akali because your are um e uh i'm pretty sure it lets you see akali in the shroud so it means that then you're, at, or at least you're able to hit her I anyway. At, so it's really, really nice. <laughs> does. Um, but the, yeah, I mean, it would have been a sick ma- matchup. It would have been really cool to see. I think it looked worse because of the, um, the fact that they moved things around. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, I think video did play relatively well. We didn't see like the insane mechanics and in the outplays, but like yeah. he kind of just went, screw this, <laughs> screw mid lane, I'm going bot. Which right uh, was definitely the right call. And that kind of worked out. But yeah, I'm not going to be like, Oh my god, this is something we could should see consistently. I think it's like a, maybe we'll get it in the future if yeah. the Akali is definitely going mid <laughs> yeah. um, outside of that, I don't hate it, but I don't particularly rate That's it. That's not the segment
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dracos died for this. Yeah. Like Yeah, you know, he let he let me in charge for today. You know, yeah. he, he put his faith in me. Yeah. To hate it or rate it and it it's the second time we're doing this and you can't <laughs> give me one. Which is it?
0: Oh, you can't be right, on the fence. All right, I'll hate
1: it. I'll hate it. What? I don't. Okay. Yeah.
0: Look, it just, the yeah, the draft did weird things.
1: It it yeah. did, but you know what? Like, you know, Niski, they, they are fived into this from memory, like with Lucian, right? They They, yes, they picked yeah, Lucian yeah. into it. The lane sucked because- If Lee Sin can't, you know, even if he ward hops forward, Lucian just eases away, and what can you do if you don't land Q? It's rough. Hmm. I think video moving across the map, that's why I love it. Sorry, rate it. (laughs) Damn it. We're both... Sorry, Dracos. Um, The the, the Lee Sin, I think it was a nice flair, and I agree, like obviously it would have been nicer than the Kali, but the way the comp pieced together and the fact that Hilly was actually on Leona as well, I think was also an important factor of that draft. Um yeah.
0: I do think as well the fact that they had sh- so much chase down potential. Because true. you can see an awful lot of the times it's like um they're chasing down a like bot lane. It's like leasing yeah. Warthops over a wall or like Sonic Waves over a wall. Calissa then sends Hilly in with the Leona over the wall, and Hilly Then he actually had a good performance on the Leona. I think he like predicted a lot of like flashes or movements I He's better through for wall. sure. Yeah. So I definitely think there are like merits to the pick. I just I think they got i think we would we would be having a very different discussion i feel if it actually ended up in the academy matchup and i could get a proper feel for what it was supposed to do
1: yeah i think and and look i'll be honest like it was a spur of the moment thing i think as just vitality giving us flair and then as we said it was the next series versus bds and you know we kind of lost that flair again i I guess bds are just bds are obviously a much better team than sk like there's there's no doubt about that right like BDS are a top two team at the moment, as they stand, or top three at the very least. Um, And then Vitality kind of ran out of options. Game two, if people didn't see, a bit of a spoiler alert, uh, the early game was really good for Vitality. BDS, you know, roughed it up a bit. And then it was one team fight, and then Vitality lost it all.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where it gets difficult to race Vitality because it's It's like... It's so difficult. um, I think Karazi is a very strong AD carry, but it's like he has highest at least coming into the week. I um, I I haven't looked at the stats for this week, but coming into mm. the last week, week four for playoffs, he was highest damage per minute, yep. highest damage percentage of any AD carrying in the league. But then was also highest deaths. Of <laughs> <laughs> any AD carry. So as like, ah! yeah. So it's like when you come into team fights, I think even when you have these leads, the way the team fights are playing out, there isn't a co- cohesive understanding of how to play them, I feel like on yeah. Vitality, where it's like, oh yeah, we're going to have, um, we're going to have, um, like, Douglas isn't on a tank, so he's not really covering sides. Photon, to me, is more of like a Jax kind of player. Now, he's, he is playing a lot of tanks this split, don't get me wrong, but it's like, I don't think he has a great understanding of like, how to buy space for his backline and that kind of stuff, or, you know, like, when I look at someone like 369, who's incredibly strong on in tanks, you can see the difference between the two players. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Hilly who's just kind of doing his own thing. So he, it's like, he
1: is, like. I know, I know Hilly is, is this fun dichotomy of yeah. good and evil, of like, you know, this guy can have pop off plays yeah. and sometimes he can run it. I think this split, there's a lot more running from what I'm yeah. seeing externally. I don't, I don't know if you can. I think that's is, fair. I think that's fair. He's, he's, yeah. struggling, like, he's struggling. Like, there's some moments like walking up to the Ashen Lane, you see Jungle on a ward coming yeah. down. Again, someone find the game. And he's walking forward. And you're like Hilly, like you need yeah. to run out.
0: I think it is SK Vitality game one. I, yeah, I think
1: it, I think it was like they still won that game. Yeah, but it was like you're like Hilly, what are you doing? I, I remember casting it and just asking like, what did that achieve? Yeah. What was what was happening?
0: Yeah, and I think that's I think that's problem is exacerbated with this team where. They don't set up for objectives well. They don't set themselves up to team fights mm. particularly well. And then when you get into the actual scrap, then they don't know that someone's coming in on the flank. They don't know where people are coming through from. And it means you just end up in this weird position where the team fight goes completely south, yeah. like we saw against BDS, because they don't actually have the vision they need to understand how to approach a fight. Yeah. Um, and it, I think, honestly, for me, this team is like, does Douglas perform well? and we get this early lead, fantastic. And I think Douglas has had great performance. This isn't like a bash at Daglas. I think, but it does kind of feel to me a little bit like they're starting to become too reliant on Daglas having the brand. Where it's like, okay, cool, I can clear fast and get a ton of damage and we can go for dives. Um,
1: Because even when it was
0: at the, yeah, it was the second game against SK, where they, oh sorry, the first game, yeah, where they had that ash, which is where they went for like, okay, we get the lead for video. And I think Douglas had some really cool pathing for that. but then it's like, okay, well, I get the kill mid, I then get to work with video, and now we're just playing for bot lane over and over, and that works well. But if you don't get that, I don't feel like Vitality have, like, plays to get back into the
1: game. And then, you know, like, it comes to BDS, and then BDS ban it straight off the bat, and you're like, cool, game one, we've yeah. lost the brand. Game two, BDS, red side, they ban the brand again. And, like, Douglas goes on the Viego, and, you know, like, it wasn't the same thing, so... Right now, like, yeah, he, he has impressed in some of his games. I think one of his real games during the regular season was good, but yep. it's, like, the brand is obviously his best champion. And any team going up against them, you know, in the lower bracket, like, we got to look for the winner of GX versus MAD. And, you know, like, if I'm doing my homework first fight, talent, I'm like, well, first things first, we ban brand. Like, yeah. And then we get a hell of a lot more options.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's also interesting to see, like, boss... Ha- yes, you've got the, hey, we've got the brand, but I also feel for like, Photon, it's like, he's had seven games for Cassante over this split, and I'm like, why are we not playing to Photon's strengths? Like, he's I honestly, the best. He's yeah.
1: literally like, Photon despair is real.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, he's lost two games that they played the Jacks, so and maybe they feel more comfortable having him on a mm. team fight carry where they can try and play for around bot lane and stuff like that, which yeah. I think is definitely where the is kind of at, but it's, I don't know. I feel like having things like an Aatrox come out more often for him or like give him the opportunity to be a bit more of a lane bully because that's kind of where Photon's strengths did lie and he was very, very good in a 1v1 scenario. Yeah. And if you can then lend that over into, hey, because they'd like to play for Void Grub's a good bit, like let's try and lend that into, hey, get early skirmishes on the top side where we can mm-hmm. include Photon. Like I think you've got another option to play for there. but Agreed. Yeah. I think the, the, the biggest problem for me, honestly, with Vitality is that this team kind of lacks an identity they have a several good players that are just individually good enough and understand the game enough that they can pick up wins yeah. but it doesn't feel like they have a cohesive this is our game plan and how we want to operate it in the game
1: yeah they're still working on that i mean that's the beauty of winter though right like i guess you know like you get the short start of the year and then you can work on it in spring the yeah. fact that vitality made it here and like again won their first round i think was big um i know we have to push on But I was just going to ask you quickly between, you know, GX and Mad, like going up against Vitality, let's assume either Mm -hmm. one, you know, like do you know what's going to happen with Vitality? You just put your hands up and be like, ah, they could win it, they could lose it.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah, I really (laughs) really don't. And it's like if they want to try and play more heavily around bot side, Mm -hmm. um, like we'll get into MDK and Giant X later on, but like if you're going up against Madeline's Koi, that's a difficult matchup for you. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Madeline's Koi's bot lane is absolutely spectacular um and having no who's consistently down there just makes it very very difficult to look they did lose to Fnatic, but you could kind of see Fnatic were very much aware of hey player around bot side so i think that'll just be a, a big test in particular for daglas yeah like how, can you match Oyoya when it comes to controlling that bottom side of the map
1: god what a vitality gonna be um so many questions and more that lead yeah. us into a team that i have less questions about because they just faced off against g2 that's why they're in the lower side of the bracket it's Fnatic with our new brand-new game show, Hate It or Rate It. But except it's rated it or hate it. I think, Dracos, I'm sorry, hate it or rate it. Sounds, does it sound better? No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to come in and just start dissing him. He's not even here to defend himself, and I've attacked him like four yeah, times already. Yeah, just
0: kick the sick man when he's down, <laughs> Jake. Go for it. I'm sorry.
1: I hope you're feeling better. By the time he's listening to this, though, maybe he'll be, he'll be better.
0: He'll be open, ready to go, yeah.
1: Right. Over the period of being in Europe, I've been sick like four or five times. It's rough. I don't know if my body's trying to adjust, but like I've had food poisoning. I've been sick. Man, I've developed a gluten intolerance. Like what has Europe done to me? I didn't have gluten intolerance before I left Australia. Um, where are we? You
0: just didn't have real food. Yeah. So you've come to Europe. You get access to proper to food. be
1: To be fair, though, in Berlin, like there is food of every type, but yeah, it's – you know, I thought Sydney had the most kebab shops in the world. Like, no joke. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought, man, Australia just, it's everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. I come here, there's one next to another one, and then two doors <laughs> down, there's another one. I thought, man, the competition here must be fierce. Yeah. <laughs> and the prices are all the same. Which one do I go into? And there's one across the road. In a block, in a street, there's like seven kebab shops. I'm like, <laughs> dude, we like it. So karma top, hated it or rate it? <laughs> 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 uh, rate
0: the kebabs and I rate the karma
1: top. That's uh, where I'm at. You do. Yeah, I actually- But Oscar so, specifically, you rate so it or hate it?
0: I think Oscar and I definitely didn't have a good time into the match, mm. right? Um, but I'm not going to- I don't want to take a one sample size game to be like this is the worst pick ever. That's like fair. we did with videos. Lee sin, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, hate it. Um, I definitely think Kar- so. I think Karma is incredibly strong at the moment. Mm. Um, flex picks are very, very good. The opportunity to like move them about, the fact that she can be played in four different roles is absolutely insane. That is nuts. Um, and for people who don't know, a lot of the reason is um, she got buffs coming in onto fourteen two, but yep. also the fact that you get the with malignance now, you can, you lower your ult cooldown, but your passive on karma is that every time you hit people with a spell, (laughs) you you lower the ult cooldown by five seconds. So basically what ends up happening is that you, when you hit level like 16, if you have malignance and horizon focus and say like ability haste, as you're working towards crippling or you have crippling, you then hit, so if you hit three people with your empowered Q, you just have your ultimate again. yeah. Um, it's absolutely insane. So it's just a case of, okay, cool. So I can get my empowered Q so I get a ton of damage off of that. Then I get my empowered E to shield everyone mm-hmm. um, and make things very, very difficult to try and like break through. Or if I'm in danger, I can get my ult W off, which then also gives me the five second cooldown again. Yep. So I get like, because I'm damaging one person and then I just get a ton of healing back as well. So, it makes a very, very frustrating you're to deal with.
1: unkillable. You do a lot of damage. Yeah. You're great in a team fight cause, because RE is still like, it's not as great as it was back in 2018 in the Arden meta, but it's still a, a great ability. It's yeah. like a five-man shield. It's great in team fighting comps. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and also the lane Karma, anyone knows, any top laner knows, any soft laner knows, anyone knows bot that Karma is just like one of the most oppressive lanes yeah, because exactly. you, you have range, you have you sustain, you have shielding, and that gives mobility as well, so it's like you kind of have a bit of everything except for a gap close. Yeah,
0: I mean, but you just move quick, with you your move shield, quick, right, that, so it's like gap close. <laughs> yeah. that, that's um, it. And I think that's it. I think that's why I do rate karma in general. Yeah. Oscar and definitely had a rough time against this. Now, I think there was. Realistically, in that lane matchup, the way I look at it is you just push the wave, you make sure you're fine, and like you just empower Q it, maybe hit Zach a couple of times. You're not gonna be able to poke Zach out of the lane realistically. Yeah. Um, it's way too difficult with like second win, door, and shield, and then he's just gonna be like picking up all of his blobs. He just heals so incredibly much. Um that being said, I don't think there's a world where you should consistently be getting hit by Zach Q's. And getting like the the knock together off of them, where he's just consistently able to get a ton of damage off you, and that seemed to be the downside for Oscar. And like, what was the level three, level four, you got a solo kill or something like that? Some like, was, other, yeah. yeah. I was just like, hell. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what happened in that lane phase. It looked like Oscar and just wasn't ready for the Zach matchup, which is fair. Karma top is new. Well, not new, but newer into the meta yeah and zach top has always kind of been a cheese pick so i'm not too sure how often he's actually played a zach karma matchup yeah but i felt like bb just had a significantly better understanding of how that matchup
1: played and it's a it's a hard question because like karma top for oscar in do i rate it probably not in that game i probably hate it but karma top i rate it because it's so strong yeah um again as just said small sample size i think is is completely fair for context i
0: do think as well though like that's it looked worse in that matchup. Sorry, I should close the mic. It looks worse in that matchup because... Um, it's okay, it's your first time. Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> the, because of the Zach Vai. Like, Zach Vai-Hui combo mm. was disgusting true. to play against. Um, the fact that you're like, okay, is here. You can try and ult if you want to, but it's like Zach's coming in, Who you could ult him. But then is coming in after and she's unstoppable. Mm. And then, like, Caps is just like hey, over here, I'm going to hit you. Yeah, it's like right the way back here. He's like, oh yeah, cool, I got to be able to get, it's insane. Like it was such a cool comp Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see more of this to be perfectly honest but I think it made things very, very difficult for the Varus who we already kind of alluded to like Mm -hmm. you slow yourself when you try to queue. You want to be able to poke from afar and they're immediately able to cover massive distances um, and hit you from just as far away if not further away. Actually, it is further away because you can hit from fog of war. So, It's just insane. Like, this was such a cool composition from G2, and I think that's why we kind of got to see Fnatic fall apart a little bit. Yeah. Um, But I think in future operations (laughs) that the the Karma will still have a place, um, especially okay, so. when you look at like the ability to, in this, so the composition was Karma, Poppy, Azir, Varus, Blitzcrank. I think you have an opportunity as like the Karma to speed up by Blitzcrank to mm-hmm. look for a hook. Or even if you want that chase down potential, Karma gets that big mantra shield and then you can chase everyone down. So I think there are definitely like opportunities for Karma to slot in. It's just that this was, this was not it. This just yeah. wasn't the time for it but against Was. G2 would
1: just come to the table. Also with. say, you know, Brom in that comp as well is a pain to deal with. So I, I feel like overall, like, you know, we always get excited for G2 Fnatic. Um, I know Dracos wanted to ask, you know, like, mm-hmm. are Fnatic still the favorites to take down G2? Should it be BDS? <laughs> I think we've already decided, yeah, it is <laughs> yes, BDS. <definitely, laughs> it's, uh, uh, yes, Dracos. It's BDS. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, it's 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 an interesting split because I think just for, for you know, Fnatic, before we start talking about some of the other champion pools. I think Fnatic holistically f- for me has been about, you know, moving Jun in obviously in the bot you know, like you've changed out Trimby. Um, and Jun coming in with Noah as well. People are like, oh, it's a all Korean bottom lane. From the in houses I heard before split this, they're, they're all speaking English. Yeah. Like they're yeah, yeah. they're all speaking English. So that's, you know, not something to really, I guess, worry about or, or think about isolating in the bottom side. But I think for Fnatic, like we saw it in the Yone game from Oscar Innan that wasn't very impactful, even though I think he ended up winning. Um, You know, like, I think that was I think that was first mad. Someone's mm-hmm. gonna have to quote me on that But, like, this team Has kind of been piecing things together where There's been some games where it's like You know, like, Razzlock hasn't had the same Control. Oscar Rinnan like, has been A little bit low for me. Mm-hmm. I think that's been A, a big change um, And, you know, like, some games, like, you know, Jun as well As, like, in No Man's Land or, like, you know like yeah. Noah's not having the same impact and as well I don't know it's very generic, but, like I think yeah. with Fnatic, there's been Some games where it just hasn't been as is flaring. Yeah, you know? I think
0: so my you impression elaborate. of this squad is just like this is kind of a mid-jungle
1: team. Yeah. And as, as it I was think, last year, right? Like Yeah.
0: But I think Humanoid has definitely had a better regular season than mm. we usually than we traditionally see from, right? Like that's kind of the age old joke is like humanoid will come alive in playoffs. But I actually think humanoid has had a great split. Um, first two weeks especially yeah, I think. Yeah. And he looked absolutely fantastic. And even I think looking at game two, Fnatic versus G2, you mm. got to see how threatening that mid-jungle could be. It was like playing off of the Jax and the Orianna to make sure they could get that control and like play that into the rest of the map. Um, they picked up like a bunch of kills over the mid lane. Um, and I think you could kind of see like that is when Fnatic are at their strongest is when they have a better mid-jungle 2v2. Yeah. Um, And I don't even mean like player-wise, I just mean match-up like champion-wise. Um. So I think that's where they can try and play it through. But the problem is it's like if that doesn't come to the table, it feels very very difficult for them to try and find those moments to like outplay on the map or yeah. when I get to team fights like they're still very very strong team fighters, but I don't feel that Threat that I feel when I look at like a team like BDS, where it's like the, it's almost like they can, they are so on the same page as BDS that yeah. it feels like they they can outplay you from a two three k gold de- deficit. Yeah. Whereas I don't get that feeling with Fnatic, where I'm like, if they are two to three k go down, chances are they're going to still lose the team fight. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where if this if this team can get a lead, yes, they can snowball, but it's trying to get that lead. And I think against a team like G two, definitely as we said, they can get those leads. We saw them get those leads um but i don't i'm not convinced for them to like problem solve how to beat g2 in a matchup like say that game three where it's yeah, like yeah. how do we play against the zach and buy and stuff like that we
1: we right. can't i mean and i also i should i should clarify as well like for me like trying to diagnose this team i i don't think i have as good of an idea the only thing i've absorbed is that oscar is not having a great split he did like, a rough
0: series against G two, and,
1: and he did too right and and it's like for razork and Humanoid, as you said that that's how this team holds control you know um. On my statement on Razok, I'm not 100% sure. But I do know that there is an important topic that should be brought up within the bottom side because the bottom side can sometimes be a little bit iffy and, you know, like, like where are they? Um, Noah was something that wanted to be brought up because, yeah. you know, this has been, I think, brought up in the past. And Phil, show me a tad salad. salad. <laughs> um, something brought up and, you know, like Noah's champion pool, Dagda, how real, how real is this for you? Because. Yeah. You know, again, what was it? Was it the Ezreal game we were questioning?
0: Uh, no, he was... So he brought out the... Uh, he's basically stuck to Varus and Kalista for this uh, place. He has to. Um, and I don't... I can get where Noah's coming from. Um, like, he has obviously played different stuff. Like, it was the Zaya, the Zeri, when it was that was meta, and now he has obviously moved over to other picks. And it may not necessarily be a case of this is only champions that he can play, but it's certainly champions that I when I look at Fnatic, they feel more comfortable playing with him on. Yeah. Um. And whatever that identity might be or whatever that communication might be, uh, it it definitely feels like, look, if you get rid of the virus, and we're not the only ones to have spotted this, right? Like you see teams mm. banning the virus away from him, trying to make him uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so I I feel like, and look, virus is a very strong pick, so you could be like, oh, that's just a meta or whatever. But True. I definitely do think there is some merit to it. And I don't think it's necessarily the case of like, these are the only champions that. Noah can't play. Yeah. It's more of a case of these are the champions that the Fnatic have kind of pigeonholed him into. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. want him to play for these moments. And it's like, whether that is a when it was like Zeri or at the Ophelios, right? It was like we pigeonhole Noah into hypercarry. We mm. want him on hypercarry and we will play for him on hypercarry, right? Yep. And now it feels like on this split, it's more so a case of, hey, like even moving in towards the um like with the varus, we want to try and play towards play more for bot side, see if we can get him onto the poke style where he can try and take a few pop shots and make sure that he's okay, but, um, or in the Callista where we can try and play for a bit of early skirmishing down bot side, it feels like it's kind of he gets pigeonholed. Now, shout out to Odea, our stats person, she was saying in their most recent vlog or video that Fnatic put out, mm-hmm. um, can't remember the name of this off the top of my head, I'm very sorry, but. Um, the, they were saying that they wanted Noah to kind of step up and be more of a shot caller. So they were trying to limit him to a smaller champion pool so that then he could have more of an opportunity to shot call and had to think less on the mechanics which or just, different matchups and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, So there is definitely a reason from the sounds of it why they have hit him kind of like on these handful of champions. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think it, it is, whether it's Noah's choice or Fnatic's choice, there definitely is a bit of mirror too. the you were fanatic have decided these are your champions and they feel comfortable playing with these champions and you're on them
1: and for the people at home you need a bit of context i can read the tweet out to you because mm-hmm. uh, he said noah said and this was on february 6 2024 at 102 a.m the perfect time to put out a tweet <laughs> like this uh, people said about me two years ago i could play only zeri and ezreal two champions last year i could play only a felios and zaya two champions and this year i can play only calistavaris two champions that criticising when you know nothing about me, I will prove. Yeah. Mm, well, and, and also i apologise. There was no answer game. I'm getting confused because I, I think I was criticising a similar 80 carry. I mean, it's
0: in the tweet, right? So, but it's, it's yeah. also,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but I think ultimately as well, like, and Dagda made a really good point where it's like, you know, when you get put on these champions so that you can have more of a voice and you can be more vocal, it makes sense that you're playing a champion or you're playing a set of champions that you do really well. It doesn't mean you can only play those two champions but you play those two champions damn well. And then, yep. you know, the rest, maybe they're not on the same caliber, but it doesn't mean you can't play only those champions. To, to give him some credit, right? Like, because I, I think he deserves that with, um, you know, being in such a high quality team that he is. And like, you know, he's, his Callista is still good. His Varus is is still, you know, great as well. We've seen Aphelius, We've seen Lucian in the regular season. We've seen a center game since as well. Um, so I guess we do leave it up to Noah to kind of prove yeah. what else he can play. Because I know there will be other things.
0: Yeah, and I also... To be fair, if you're just getting Varus every game, you just take Varus Of course. Every game, it's, right? He's it's, the strongest. It's so damn in the strong. Punch, so that's right. Why wouldn't you? Um, so obviously there is a little bit of like pinch of salt that you have to take this with because yep. it's like, I'm just getting Varus. Why wouldn't I play Varus? Um, but yeah, I definitely, I feel like there is, and I I don't want to be like bashing Noah specifically because I feel like it's more of a like, hey, this is the way the team has decided to play around Noah in a yeah. certain extent. Um, and that's why we have seen, like, literally from the tweet, right, you can see he's got several champions that he has been comfortable playing on and looks good on. Um, but, yeah, I think it's uh, it definitely feels like there is a deliberate style Fnatic have decided on their main and that's what's working. Th- there's
1: out, a yeah. split where Jackie Love played only a Felios because it was so strong and because it's how it worked for top esports. Like, mm-hmm. even the best, you know, sometimes limit their champion pool. doesn't mean they're, they're two tricks. It's when you see it over, like, you know, 20 different seasons or something. That's that's excessive, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, we got to move on because I, if, if I make this show go longer than I should on my first day, well, Mate, that's what I, did. I had
0: like a two-hour show on my first did day you? this year, so well, don't worry, you're good, you're maybe good. Maybe
1: Drake us did it on purpose. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the matchups that feed into these two teams, right? Feed into Fnatic, feed into Vitality. They're waiting for both of these guys, or all four of these guys, I should say, to, to sort it out. Mad versus Giant X is where we can start, and we can go for another rated or hate it ignar on yumi hate it hate it absolutely hate <laughs> it dagda doesn't need to respond first ignar has been one of our best supports even on yeah. things like the center but when he's on engage he's legendary at worlds on nrg like that was the fear for the west that was the fear for g2 he was the best alistar from the west in at worlds yeah. and i think ignar and Lebron for me like to my two cherry pick of supports um Igna on Yumi was just in no man's like. He's like, yeah. I'm roaming as a cat, and he's got no movement oh. speed. He's walking at 200 ms, right? And he gets caught out of the river twice. It's like, it dude, was, and then they pick it again in game two. Yeah,
0: why? It was, it was not pretty. I'm not gonna lie. It was it was very funny to me though because it was that like the record scratch moment where um, who? What was it? It was yeah, it was against G two. It was like. He's walking down river as like a little cat but he's taking the wrong way. Yeah. And then like Yike jumps over Dragon Pit. You get like another member of G2, maybe Mickey comes this yeah. way and then Caps walks out from mid lane and he's just sandwiched between, them. it was like record scratch, like, oh, you might want to know how I got here. <laughs> it's like,
1: yeah. it's, it's,
0: or the to be continued.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah,
0: it's, uh, yeah, it was not pretty. And I, and look, I think this is something to do with Ezreal's as well, is that, like, yes, we used to see Yumi's. I much prefer to see Ezreal's as something that, like, can actually go and, like, roam and have an impact on the map. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the Yumi was just not, not it. I think she has deliberately been hard hit to, like, try and push her out of the pro meta. Thankfully. So like, she's got slows. She doesn't have the CC on her ultimate anymore. Yes, she's got some healing shields, but I just don't think she fits into what you need. Um mm. and yeah, I mean with something like this, it's like I would have much preferred to see something like a bard in this scenario, especially when you're looking at like a way Senna. Like if you stick a bard in that bot lane, you're able to ult tempered fate, Sena Senna, Yazir yep. in the next game. Like, I think you have a significantly nicer time. Um, but yeah, it just it did not work at all, and then ignored you say. But he was basically playing it like he was a tanky member, where he's able to like walk around river and have these roam opportunities. But like, you can't You're do not doing everything, mate. And even if you wanted to be like, oh well, you know, Yumi Zinzel is a sick combo. Because mm. when you think back to when Yumi was meta, we'd see a lot of like Yumi Olaf jungle, because Yumi would attach to Olaf, leave the Ezra bot lane, and then they'd start roaming around together. Sure. But um when you've got the no push in mid essentially because you got Silas into his ear. When you got a Senna bot lane that you're not really going to be able to play heavily around either, uh, I sorry when you're got the Ezra bot lane you're not going to be able to play heavily around, and you're like our top matchup is not winning realistically either. It's like what are we playing for in this scenario to actually have Zinzel work with Yumi on? You can't go for raids and one v one the enemy jungler. So yeah, I think it was a bit of a weird one. Uh, I can kind of see the angle that they were going for, but I just don't think I don't
1: rate Yuumi. I, I hate it. I, I hate it. I think <laughs> I think their priority was just like. They're like, okay, Igna, we want you on Yumi because we've got, we first picked the Ezreal on red side. Yeah. And we're like, oh, Ezreal's so strong. But the problem that you have is like, Ezreal Karma's really strong. Yeah. Ezreal as an eighty carry right now is like, yeah, probably like S to A tier pick. But like, as we've seen in pro play, Varus, um, even, uh, even Ophelios with certain combos with like the Milio combos being, you know, Say so Lucian Army's a high pro, but that's a can of worms. They're not open. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's like the Yumi was to facil- facilitate the Ezreal, which in the end, you know, like for Patrick, wasn't able to do much anyway. Yeah. So that was kind of frustrating. And I feel like, you know, we can kind of talk about the matchup here because Mad and Giant X is an interesting one where, like, coming into the start of the season, you'd be like, oh, yeah, Giant X would be favored over these guys. After what we've seen, I'm tending to say, like, I think Mad overall is a stronger roster. Yeah. And I think they've got more, you know, like, they've got some similar draft diversity, except it's in the top side. Um, And their 2v2 bot, as long as it doesn't get pushed out early, is, I think, one of the stronger 2v2 bots in the league. Stronger, not strongest.
0: Yeah, I definitely think they are. They have been the focus, though, which I think is the big problem. Which is, that is the issue, isn't Um, it? Where I think Alvaro definitely had a bit of a rough, like, series Mm. um, against Fnatic, but... I still have I still rate this bot lane incredibly highly. Yeah. But I do think that when the bot lane fell apart, you kind of got to see the cracks. Yeah. Um like Frescoi didn't have the best of times against humanoid, got solo killed in that Akali versus uh, Tristana matchup. Sure. Um then when you moved on to game two as well, that was where you end up with a ton of pressure from Razork down towards No and Jun to get control there. Um also, shout out to Noah and John. I think they've had a fantastic series against these guys with that help from Razor because mm-hmm. when you look back at their regular season game, they kind of got shown up a little bit in the 2v3 outplay, but yeah. they completely decimated them. Ton of pressure on that bottom side, making sure they get them ahead. And then you kind of ended up in this position where there was moments that Super kind of knew where he needed to be to defend points on the map, um, but the rest of the team wasn't really there. So was yeah. like one moment that I remember, I can't remember if it's game one, game two, uh, actually, yeah, it must be game, yeah, it was game two, um, where Alvaro on the Rakan and Elioi on the Brand are, like, clearing a ward in Tribrush bot lane on their side of the map. And I'm looking at Supa, and he's, like, trying to look at mid lane turret. And clearly, he's like, guys, are ready to take mid lane turret. There's three people here. Why are there two people clearing a single ward on bot side? Um, now, he doesn't respect the dive. He ends up getting dove, he dies, and then they get more and more control. And I felt like this kind of snowball effect of, I don't know if it was frustration, where Super was like, I'm behind. I need to try and step up and be a carry. Maybe yeah. I can play a little bit greedy on this wave or whatever it was. But, um, but
1: yeah, that's, I think there that's are also, I mean, yeah. it's also an experience in like the things you can get away with in, in Super League or yeah. like, you know, secondary, secondary league. Mm-hmm. You come to LEC and it's, it's a completely different ballgame. I think it's something that was discussed over the season where um, it was stuff from, you know, KC that was a topic, from MAD and some of their early season games as well. It was the same thing where like, that same greed that won't be punished in, in secondary league, just as a theory here, guys, um, is, you know, is definitely going to be punished by a team like Fnatic. Yeah, play bot.
0: I mean, even Super talked about it on the podcast last week as well, where he's like, oh, yeah, the I want to push the limits yeah. and learn from where I can place my limits, right? Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think that is a healthy mindset to have. But I think in this game, it was kind of got to see, look, if bot lane falls apart, what is the fallback plan? Yep. And I think Miron on the Jace has looked pretty decent, but there just wasn't enough there. Frascavi, like 4-1-5 in the Ezreal, did, wasn't able to like step up and take that carry mantle in the manner that I think they kind of needed him to. Um, same in game one. He was zero five 5 on the, the Kali. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like they just didn't have the fallback plan after bot lane fell apart. I think this is now going to be a consistent trend that we see against Mad Lions Koi, where it's like, we are going to hard, hard camp the bot lane. Yeah. And just be like, what is the rest of your map going to do?
1: Well then, I mean, with Patrick and Ignar, they'll be cheering because that's a reliable bottom lane. I think one yeah. of the most reliable um, you know, elements. Jackie's still moving into the groove for Giant X. Uh, we know Peach can be hyper aggressive, yeah. again, towards that bot side, like most junglers in the in the league and most junglers in any meta anywhere. Um, so are you, you, you kind of sound like you're just setting up to say that giant X have an edge here that giant X can know when, no, I
0: think I still give the favor to Madeline's Koi. Oh, I think do? they have been more consistent in this matchup specifically. Um, and it's hard, like giant X just didn't show enough over the course of the split for me mm-hmm. to be like, Oh yeah, they're going to sweep this. I still get the edge to Madeline's Koi. I think it's just something that needs to be discussed as we look towards like what will be their future games of like, I think, what is it? They get the rematch against, um, they, or no, I don't think so, no. They go, no, sorry, they go... Vitality. Vitality, sorry, my bad, yeah. So they'll go up against Vitality. That could also be one where they do end up getting control, though. We've seen mm-hmm. Douglas has, on the brand, been playing very heavily for bot lane, so maybe they struggle again. But I think that's where we are going to start to see teams hyper-focusing Super and Alvaro and just yeah. going, what have you got, lads? Um And the question is, can they respond well? But for Giant X, I don't feel like they can respond well enough. And I don't think this is a team that has been able to push advantages well enough. And they're still doing this like 14 to 20 minutes, all hands on deck, we're going mid lane play, which has worked sometimes for them. But Mm. I think it's a bit too telegraphed at this stage where um, they will just like double TP into mid lane, see if they can catch someone, um, see if they can break mid lane tower off and try and crack up the game that way. It's a very weird one, but it has caught some teams out but i think if you're prepared for it and especially in like a best of series you should be i just don't think it's going to work out
1: yeah you got time like you got time to prep for this and yeah when you have bo3 you have more information too so that's interesting so you kind of pick a mad for this one and obviously yeah. the focus line has to be bot with everything you said like bot yeah, yeah. makes or breaks because if it's patrick exactly, ignar yeah. going well yeah against super and alvaro that's yeah that's mad Lions feels like a, a big part of their plays down for giant x like patrick and ignar yeah have some volatile lanes and, like, they can take over games as well. That's the weird thing about Giant X, I will just add. This team has had, like, many different games where it's like, man, Odo just steps up out of nowhere. Oh, Jackie's debut, like, first two weeks is huge. Patrick Ignar, like, oh, you gave him Draven. That was a mistake. Yeah, Um, Anyone can kind of carry this team.
0: Yeah, but that's what I want to see. Weirdly. Giant X is, like, create volatility bot lane. Mm. I want a Draven Nautilus. I want a you know, Zyra, I want something that's aggressive in the bot lane True. so you can play for it. Like, bring out a Blitzcrank, ignar Like, try and get control of this bot lane and have Peach on something like a Zinzeo or a Vi or something that is easy to, I am going Simple to play engage. bot. Boom. Yeah. And follow up well. Yeah. And I think that's how you try and disrupt what Madeline's Koi want to do. But, yeah, I think Giant decks just haven't been consistent enough for me to be like, mm. I give them the edge. Whereas Madeline's Coy, like, we've seen Guess what they, they can have. do. Yeah. They've had great games. So I definitely, I give Madeline's Koi the edge in the series, but I do think there are ways for Giant X to try and disrupt them. It's just like, I'd say it's like a 70-30 for me in favor okay. of Madeline's Koi. Yeah. I,
1: could, I could come to the table on that. I'm yeah. also, to add in a tidbit before we move on to SK, Team Heretics, the top lane champion pool, I hope it cooks. Odo, you know, <laughs> Odo, you know, like a Santé Nah, like his Nah was great. But Mio and just whatever's on the table, man. You know, yeah. literally you go to the restaurant, you look at the back of the menu, you're like... Dude, you all this stuff here in the mains. They're like chef's recommendation.
0: But everyone walks in and goes. I know there's a secret menu. Give
1: me the secret menu. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's better what analogy. Much better analogy.
0: <laughs> he's like he knows that there's like whatever the hell is in the in and out burger secret menu. He knows about the dirty stuff. He knows that yeah. there's like all this entire backlog of stuff that no one's really realized True. is an option in the top lane, and he's willing to bring it.
1: You out. have to say a secret code word to get the menu, like yeah. sugar plums. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yes, sir. Give me the menu. Oh, that's that's weird. He's, he's crazy. Um, let's let's move on because I'm I'm going to be in trouble at this rate. SK Team heretics. Is the other matchup? Uh, remember, losers bracket for both these guys means that the loser is out. They're out for winter until spring. So they have to wait for a brand new season when there's leaves on the tree. Wait, spring leaves on the tree? Yes. Yes. No, yes. Yes, yes there is. That's, that's, yeah. Spring's coming up next. Usually I'm used to autumn coming up next. It's crazy. Oh, yeah,
0: because you're flipped. Because I'm
1: in summer, I'm in a summer mode, then I get to autumn, then I get to winter, spring, anyway.
0: Yeah, it still breaks my brain that your Christmas is in your summer. I know, we spend it in a swimming
1: pool. It's so weird. Banger, absolute banger. Um, So Team Heretics and SK. This one will also be interesting because I feel like Team Heretics, I just like, I was sold on this team being a top three team and it really, really bothers me. Um, And I will say a great place to start is... Talking about Ezreal Mid. Rate it or hate it, Dagda. Where are we at? I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. it yeah. It didn't do it, uh, it didn't Yeah, do much.
0: I mean, look, we've seen it a couple of times from different teams, but I'm just not on board with it.
1: But um, was it was it a perks factor or was it a Ezreal Mid factor? No, I,
0: I dislike the pick in general. Okay. It's like so the whole so the reason behind taking an A D mid mm-hmm. is like we see with Lucian, we see with uh, Jace, is you don't have to spend as much mana to try and push the wave because sure. you have AD. So like your auto attacks deal more damage. And oftentimes it means that then, like say you're playing against a Syndra as a Jace. Syndra has to burn her Q on the wave to push the wave as effectively as you do. Sure, She then burns through her mana or you can like find those windows to trade because she's used spells on the wave. Um, With Ezreal you can still get some of that push and it can still work out. Um, And that's where, okay, cool. Let's try and lean them into skirmishes in the early stages. Like, well, Ezra just doesn't really do a huge amount with the push. Like, when I look at an early skirmish, I don't think I want an Ezreal. I'm like, I'll take a Jace nine times out of ten in yeah.
1: that. Oh, Ezreal's and, rhyming. Yeah, oh. it's like, oh, he has a tear. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. scary. <laughs> but it's like,
0: and like, you can argue, yes, Jace will oftentimes go for a tier in the early stages. And mm. like, it does delay his like spike or whatever. But it's like, he still has access to a massive rotation of spells where he can get a lot of damage off. And he has yeah. like CC, he can provide with his E and that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, I actually prefer it in that regards. So it's like, I think there are better options mid if you want a pushing AD mid laner into side even like Lucian, like we've seen, I think works incredibly well in the same vein. Um, When I look towards things like, okay, well, if I want to provide poke and that's what I'm picking the Ezra for, I'm like, well, why not go towards, well, Jace that we've already highlighted, I think provides a lot more and then, has more upfront burst when it comes to his poke in the later stages of the game. But also, like, I think you can lean in towards a Corky. Like, Corky was open in a lot of these matchups. It's like, why not just take Corky? True. Like, if you really want to play for a poke. Similar, yeah. better
1: scaling. Yeah. yeah better exactly. team fighting yeah. capabilities. Yeah. Like-
0: I mean, he's disgusting. Corky's damage. That, like, malignance-eclipse combo it's is dirty so build. nasty. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I don't understand why you'd go for the Ezreal mid in this scenario. And, and I wouldn't even mind if it was, like, we will pick Ezreal first and we will flex it. Then I can understand. But they had Varus. Yep. So you're kind of like, okay, well, if I want to go for Poke, why not just take a Jace? Yeah. Um, and that's where I'm just like, I don't really understand the game plan here. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're just like Jace with some of the new items isn't as strong, but I still think he's got Maris too, immediately. Yeah. And it's, it definitely will provide more than Ezreal with the with what you're looking for from ezra in this style of composition
1: i mean i think i think for team heretics as well just talking about the the status of the team is like yeah we didn't like the ezreal mid i i agree as well definitely definitely on the hated train um especially when like the damage output is just so damn low in comparison to what in his bot lane i wish we have stats to provide that backup um (laughs) this team like during the regular season we got really hyped because they were consistent they were or they they became consistent I, i should say in games right where Okay, they can play slow. They can really just punish mistakes and they could play some clean League of Legends when they're up. But the problem is that we didn't always get that Team Heretics. And yeah. so, like, I'm just, and I'm, this is another team, kind of like Vitality in a different way that I'm at a loss because I'm like, what Team Heretics are we going to get versus SK? Because I, I just, I don't know how to properly diagnose this team. Like, Perks yeah. is obviously not having a good split. Yeah. And I, that's completely fair. Like, this guy's a legend, but this split ain't it. Um, yeah. And like, you know, like some of Flackard's games have been question marks. I don't know where else you want to go with yeah, this. Yeah, I think
0: it's it's kind of heartbreaking for me at this stage because obviously EU fan for years and then seeing kind of perks not being able to a, form the this, whole team. This ex- is such yeah. a cool team to look at. Yeah. Like, and I think this team for me was set up to see perks succeed. I don't think as Flackard as like the hyper carry, right? In no, Europe. Like, of course not. Um, like he will bring out things like the Seraphine. He wants to try and play more of like I will do my job, yeah, but I'm not going to be the one that you. Like it's like super. You're not gonna be the one that you put all those resources in and then he's gonna hard carry the game. That's not what I look at Flackett for. So it felt like to me this team was set up to have Kaiser roam mid, work to play around perks and get perks ahead, and he wins the game. Yep. And this just hasn't been what this team is for me. Um, and it's sad. Like I, I think he has had opportunities where you can try and set up, but I've seen too many times where perks takes a step too far forward, mm. doesn't respect the enemy team, and just dies isolated. You know, well, not isolated, I- but like is the first person to die in a fight when he shouldn't be.
1: I'm not smiling because you're sad. Like, I don't want people to think I'm sadistic. Um, <laughs> I just thought of something, you know, that Beatles quote that was like, you know, is Ringo the best, best drummer yeah. in the world? He's, and, and I think it's John Lennon saying like, Ringo's not even the best drummer in the band. Yeah, you he's know, not like, even the best AD carry. Yeah. No, I know. Um, yeah. No, no, no. But I mean, there is, like,
0: I know some people have, like, said, like, maybe Perk should, I'd like, this is maybe a bit PM, but, like, stayed in the AD carry position because he was an incredibly strong AD carry. He was. But... Yeah, at this stage, it's just kind of like, a, well, what's the the game plan for this team? Because even when they can play, I do enjoy, because, well, like I'm an analyst, watching that like slow out League of Legends, where it's like, we will outplay with smarter position on the map and set yep. things up. And that kind of worked for like, maybe it was like week one, day two and three, But as we started to go on in this bit, it just got worse and worse where it's like, you're not setting up the map correctly. You're not Mm. getting waves in places. You're not getting your vision down in the right spots and you're over-aggressing into a point where you're not fighting in... The positions that you should be with the composition you have, whether it's like hold a choke point from entering from jungle to river so that then we can have people that are going to get hit and we can provide a strong front line, or whether it's let them come into river so that then we can find multiple flank angles and that kind of stuff. It feels like there's no real thought process on how and when they're fighting, but also how they are setting up for objectives. And I think this is where for me, heretics are just going to fall flat. Where even when they get these leads, yeah, I actually, me. which is very funny is because of like the caliber of players that are on this team and what the G2 from like 2019 was known for was like, hey, are, yeah, we're going to play super smart on the map. Yep. That's not what I feel like I can get from these guys. I feel like they're going to completely toss it at some stage whenever they get those. Uh, and
1: it's, it's a shame again, like I know it's only winter, like he's hoping that this roster, you know, continues to stay together. doesn't make any um, rash changes yeah. over winter, you know. The, the shout out, that was a bit of BM, but I had to do it. Um, but, but this is, you know, this is again a team with a lot of experience, and, yeah. and he's hoping. On the other side, you, you kind of sound confident in SK, and I know we're we're running through time. We're like, we're going to be there's a no little What do you Don't mean there's no f- what? I got told yeah. we usually run about 70 minutes. Yeah, we're at we're, 72. Yeah, we're, woo, we're <laughs> over. Um, okay, never mind. Oh, we can go for two hours yeah. at this point. Um, do you want to give me some context onto SK? Because, yeah. like, are they still the best mid-jungle team or one of the best mid-jungle teams? Do we lose that confidence because they lost versus Vitality? Like, I, I think they were kind of shocked, like we all were, but also that doesn't give, you know, an excuse to a team that I think now we've developed high expectations of. And when, you know, like Nisqy was one of the better mid-laners in the league and still I think Isma is such an aggressive jungler. Um, we're kind of lacking with that in, in their game. The only person yeah. who stepped up, I feel like that was that consistent, was irrelevant for me.
0: Yeah, and I think irrelevant has been the most consistent part of this team for a long time, and we got to see coming in through, um, the end of the split into playoffs that a lot of the times it was like, hey, if you can focus irrelevant out that kind of linchpin that held a lot of their their game plan together can yeah. be disrupted. I think this is, and I, don't know, this is where we get to see the metal that is SK like true, can't, like they've been punched around, they're not in the best of spots. I think they were riding high off of coming in off on the early split and going like, everyone's celebrating us, we're picking up the wins, we look absolutely fantastic. But it's like, can you, after being slapped down, get back up? And now this is the big question. Yeah. Um, I think this is still a team that has a lot to show. Um, I still think they this is a team that probably has some nice little sneaky picks that Niski. Maybe we get to see bring out this weekend. Sure. But I think it's like a, what are you going to do when it comes to controlling the early stages of the game. What are you going to do when it comes to like trying to push your leads? Because it just feels like the aggressive style that we saw from Isma in the early stages, whereas like Nisky and Isma working together hasn't provided that same like strength in the early game that we traditionally see from them. Um, and then when it came to the team fights against uh, Vitality, Vitality kind of just smacked them. Yeah. Like the they just didn't feel like they were ready to like set up around objectives correctly. They weren't ready to go up against the um, a stronger bot lane with like the Calista Leona coming out, it felt like the whole kind of game plan fell apart. So um I don't know is the honest answer. I think
1: I I think I think on paper, like on yeah. paper I'm looking at this and I'm like, well actually no paper's rubbish because then you'd be like, oh team heretics naturally. Yeah. Um, I think based on winter performance, yes. yeah. I have more faith in SK.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: But also like are they going to get as team heretics tops are going to get the g2 buff are they going to yeah. just be unstoppable in playoffs and so far the answer is obviously no because we've already seen them but i don't know it's it's a weird doubtful matchup that i think yeah, could be I, an absolute banger or it could just be a one-way side yeah, first. i
0: do give the edge to sk and i'm yeah. curious if this kind of gives the confidence boost that sk need back mm. to continue forward um also, like <laughs> Nisky and the podcast in like our third episode was like, There's no way I lose to perks. He's washed. So <laughs> 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 this is your
1: chance to prove it, mate. You know, <laughs> knock him out. But next episode you just get perks, you get yeah. perks on yeah. after they've won <laughs> if they win. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I think definitely I give the edge to SK, but mm-hmm. it feels like a very deflated SK from what we've seen. And um I want this team to bounce back. Cause like yep. I think a lot of people when they listen to the podcast and think, oh yeah, like we're shitting on these teams, like we want them to fail. It's like, no, we actually like, I don't think any of us want any of the teams to fail. Like we only want to see good League of Legends and SK were providing us with very fun, very clean League of Legends and it's sad to see them step away from that. And the same with Heretics where it's like, this is a team that myself included, people had a lot of faith on and thought they'd be able to bring it back and it's sad to see that we don't get that. Um, So honestly, I'm just hoping that we get to see some magic from... Either squad, yeah. But I think, as you say, with the results that we've seen from winter and what SK were able to produce, I give the edge to them if they're able to get to those high highs because Heretics just haven't been able to consistently produce that.
1: And again, I'll say it a third time: it is sad. Like, and it's sad that we lose one of these teams because I think this is the matchup where like one of these teams could actually make you know like top three, top four mm-hmm. on a on a very good day. um And then, regardless, they have to go up against Fnatic, which is going to be a Bo three. I wish that was a Bo five for the winner. Of this series Um But yeah Like That'll be really cool And especially by the way If it's a wonder You know Wonder versus Oscar And for a playoff BO5 Would be My little slice of narrative (laughs) To add in But yeah Um To finish up on this I will say That The matchup That I would like to look forward to Or like Really see pop off Is like A good day Perks Versus Niski Perks hasn't been That great this split Like if we see A really good Perks Versus Niski That would be fire Um and then, what do you reckon, Dag? Top, top could also be fun, but it would just be Wonder, just being playing, doing Wonder things, and then you know irrelevant, just trying to win the whole game himself.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be. We will see a ban and then we'll see where the, <laughs> the rest of the get a story Carly takes top us. again. Um, yeah, no, I thought I think we'll be more of like, hey, we'll get Wonder going back towards his like Cassante's, his Gragas is mm-hmm. trying to just provide that like weak side top laner, um, and then yeah, irrelevant. In theory, should have a reasonable time in that topside matchup, um, but I think it'll just be like a maybe. Revan gets a good champion; he can go like slightly ahead. But it's yep. not one that I think is going to like blow open. I think Wonder has shown he's consistently too good to just let a top laner blow open the game against them. So that ain't it. Um, yeah, I think a huge amount of this is going to be like. Mid jungle. Yep. I think it's going to be Janko's perks versus Izmaniski and seeing what they can do, and then lending that pressure into bottom
1: True. side. True. I mean that's how yeah. that's how SK won games. Um, mm-hmm. is an insane duo. All right. There's there's a final matchup, Dagda Heretics SK. Yeah. What, you know, mid jungle performs SK right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, I think it's SK. I think it's just. It's easy to say.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's heartbreaking to see Heretics like that top side and go to to waste, but we got three splits costs. it's yeah.
1: okay we got three splits you yeah, know we'll one, see how it goes but yeah i get give the it htsk it. in this one yeah okay all right now community questions is how we wrap it up round it out yeah send it down line it up press the button elevate yeah. it level three please
0: yeah so don't forget you can always send us your questions on twitter there will be a post on at lec where you can try and follow up on this kind of stuff Ooh. and get your questions put through as well but um yeah we've picked out two questions from the twitter post so do you want to Far ahead and read them on out.
1: I would like to scroll down and, and have a look at that. Yes, I would indeed. Um, so the first one that Dagda has found from Mr. German Piano Props. I also play the mm-hmm. piano. Um, <laughs> pros always say that the gap between East and West comes mostly down to macro plus team fights. Why do our teams have such a hard time improving or with improving on that aspect? If you want to open that up. Dagda. Yeah,
0: I think um, a large portion of this comes down to... Um, how we, one, understand the game, mm-hmm. like you'll see an awful lot of the times it's like the, like when you look at a team like JDG last year, right? They have an incredibly strong understanding of what to do at every point in time across a team fight. True. And the communications on point, they have a much better understanding of like how they want to try and set up objectives, how to try and play side lanes correctly and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's like very, very minute details that make that, difference and it's it anyone that's played any kind of sport or anything at a very high level it's like trying to improve from like a 98 and a half percent to a 99 percent is way more difficult than trying to improve from like 50 to 55 true, very true um and it's like down to tiny things where i know we looked at this a lot for like obviously coming from the lpl for show mm. um, it would be like he would half healthy minion on top lane because it would barely give his wave a push which then would stack and you would understand the timing on, oh okay, well, in three waves time, that mass of three waves that we've just built it will then crash onto the tier two, and it's these like tiny little minute details that are making these big big differences yeah. um and to try and get that understanding and trying to be able to spot all the different pieces that are in play at any point in time is incredibly difficult well um so I think it's it's very, very difficult to do, and I think it takes um. A like rare cases for that to come together um and I think when you look at just well realistically the player bases that we've seen a lot of LCK and over in LPL as well, they just have more talent to pull from and it's yeah. like I think you get these guys that just understand at an incredibly high level what they can do um and how that's all going to fit together so I think that helps in a certain respect as well, but it's definitely a case of it's the tiny details that I think are also the most difficult to spot and pick up, which makes it very like It's not like it's going to be just easy to go, hey, I am a mid laner. I will watch Faker and Knight and I will be like, cool, I understand what they're doing perfectly. Because it's not, it's like tiny, tiny things that you are trying to infer from their gameplay that you may not even cop that that is the reason why they're doing whatever the thing might be. It's just like, oh, okay, well, he... He's decided that he needs to run bot side at this point, but it was like, actually what you didn't cop was he killed two minions before he roamed on bot side play because that mm. was then set up for a bounce back, which means that then he gets the advantage of the next one. And it's those tiny, tiny mute details that are really difficult to try and spot if you're just like watching games without actually talking to people from the region, which is why I think it's cool for like Carmen Corp to bring over people like Stake mm. who have like worked within these systems and like can try and impart that knowledge. Now, Obviously, it takes time for that knowledge to be imparted. Oh, yeah. It hasn't yeah, it worked does. out, but I definitely think like having that conversation and breaking down some of those barriers to have that uh, communication between the East and the West is going to make things easier.
1: And see, for me, on top of that, like I can add in that I think it's also time management, or rather, like the the commitment to things. Like, for example, work ethic. Um, you know, East versus West. Like, there's a there's always a strain of mental health doing things like playing esports professionally. Right? Like, th- there's always going to be. Um, I think the way the East kind of saw like regime and like, you know, like uh, regiment, sorry, you know, like you wake up, you, you do this, you do this, you do this, and this is what you do. Um, was a little bit more strict than the West. I mean, it always has been culturally right. Um, and I'm trying to explain this in a very simple way where I think for the West, maybe there's more leniency mm-hmm. with how the players spend their time or, or what they do, or this is, you know, free time, whatever, because there's obviously more care and mental health in the in the West. I think that's just a fact. Yeah. Like at least it was in the past and feel free to correct me anyone at home. Um, but in the East, like I, I've seen LPL regiments for, for a day, like yeah. there's a, there's a lot going on, like, and they have the time to focus on small things. They have the, the specifics or more specifics than the West do, because, they're able they're able to break down and with more time with players who are spending like more of their life on things like that like i I guarantee you there's probably less of a social life there's more of a a work life for these people in the east rather than the west if that makes sense and
0: as an aside to that like it's not only that i think they do have a bit more time put into it it's also Mm. i think the time is better spent and i don't that's not a like a Um, and knock out Western teams, it's the literal monetary investment into these teams has way more. Like you have massive organizations with massive backing staff where you can employ one guy to look into a minute detail to see if it gives you an edge. So like we've seen teams like um, Giant X Display starting to use their um, algorithm to see like they picked up jackies, right? Mm -hmm. They're starting to money ball the system and that kind of stuff. But we've actually had this in like, I know for was it LGD. There was like a documentary that was done on LGD and they had like a training system for 13 and 12-year-old kids But oh, they bring yeah. them in then they do reflex tests, they do um, aptitude tests, they yeah. do like a whole bunch of different tests to see like, hey, is this someone that, clearly you're playing at a high level, but is it someone who could like go the distance and make yep. something more of it? So I think it's not only a case of like, they have maybe put more time into, uh, there's less separation between like social life and work life. Yeah, it's yeah. just more of a, we... Will grind, but also I think the the surrounding staff around them makes it easier for them to then focus on more intricate points, which makes them then better across the board.
1: It, it also helps with places like China that have an insane population, right? Like yeah. there's more people to pull from exactly, naturally yeah. as well. Um, places like Korea that have the PC Bang culture where, you know, that's inbuilt into the culture as well, yeah. where people are gaming, you know, from a young age. And th- there's a lot more of them than the West, too um it's you know the the culture of gaming and the culture of esports is a lot more approachable in the east i think because everything in the environment is set up around it and when you start getting into the system as well there is more to pull from as you said and there's, there's more resources in um i think that's an easy way to kind of dictate while there's always been a gap between the east yeah. and the west some people are saying it's getting bigger i don't know if that's tr- that's correct but i still know that like I expect the East to win Worlds or MSI yeah. this year. You know that's yeah. That's I think it's natural.
0: it's I think it's as you say. It's like the people are more willing to get involved in the world of esports mm. in the uh, East because it's like when you look at like Uzi being voted the number one person. In China for 2021, I think it was like popularity basically the, popularity contest. A against, person, not esports,
1: by the way. Yeah, it was person. Yeah,
0: it's against all musicians, artists, uh, celebrities, that's, in general. That's, who that's who like Z caps voted. getting
1: voted like person of the year, you know, versus like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. like, yeah, yeah. You know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Like no caps, you're number one. Like that, it's crazy. Yeah,
0: it's it's absurd. like imagine caps beating Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's that's, right. that's basically what happened. It's like wow, <laughs> yeah. well done. Uh, and I think that's where it's like, it opens up more angles to get involved and people are, uh, as a result, you just have a wider pull to pull from, as and, you say.
1: And just to round this up before we get to the last question, I will say as well, with stricter expectations coming from family and parents in, in the East, you know, like I'm not sure if this is a stereotype or not, um, then a lot of the time that I, I feel like, you know, an escape is gaming, right? Like I remember gaming for me being an escape, right? For, for yeah. part of my life. With that happening maybe more consistently, maybe as a, as a theory, then maybe that's why gaming is a bit more ingrained as well from a from a younger age because it is used as an escape tool. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of theories on this one. I hope that answers it, Mister German Piano. Uh, good luck with your studies, and hopefully you can play us a tune next time. Okay, <laughs> last question that Dagda also found. This comes from Mixu at Mixu Kame. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Any picks currently that you think are being overlooked by pros, or any picks being overvalued?
0: um go so for me it is the uh i think it's Zaya. i think we've seen her picked up a lot over in lpl we're seeing a little bit in lck as well which is i think Zaya Khan is just an incredibly strong bot lane like a huge amount of what we want to bot lane at the moment is uh pushing because you want to be able to control the wave so then mm-hmm. if you can go for invades off your jungler you're in a great spot so i think having that pushing opportunity is really really strong and um, but also when you're when you hit six, it is significantly more difficult to try and gank you on bot side. True. Um, a lot of what we're seeing at the moment, a lot of our discussions even today was like, you know, Madeline's Koi bot lane getting exposed, well, not exposed, but like being um, hit hard, yeah, in that bot-, bot side to make sure that they were going to be uh, shut down. Yep. You can't re- really do that against Zaya because she's got so much safety. And even if you try to dive against Rakan as well or something, like Rakan just ults, it makes the dive very, very difficult to try and play around. So I do think there is like, a window where we could see significantly more Zia up in the the future. Um, I'm just surprised we haven't honestly seen an LEC
1: so far. Agreed. Yeah. I will say the other thing that I want to see more. We saw it from Yike. Lilia is strong. Lilia, one of the strongest junglers I yeah. think at the moment as well. Remember that on AOE, it's 100% um, OmniVamp coming through from things like Riftmaker. So yeah, really strong champion at the moment. Love to see more Lilia. Um, the other one as well. I'm kind of blanking on, but. Um,
0: I think you we were talking about tribute. Trundle. I was talking yeah. about Trundle,
1: yeah. which quality life changing in 14-2, everyone. <laughs> he gets 25 extra range on Chomp yeah. and he's already a great split pusher. And it's, a, it's, you know, like with Grubbies in the meta as well, like, you know, you put two and two together. I think Trundle could be a really abrasive top laner that people kind of have to deal with. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then I think I, we're seeing a little bit more Orn as well, which I think is a good call because mm. we've seen so much Cassante. Yes, Cassante wins the matchup, but it's like when you've got... I want to engage onto long range virus. Just send the ram. Send, send the ram. Send them in. Go for it. I agreed. <laughs> like you got I'll nothing
1: need, to do. To see more on. Yeah. I hope that answers your question to yeah. Mixu, but Dagda. I'm told you know I'm already so far over. Like we <laughs> we've been dead this hours ago. No, about half an hour ago. But. You know, I'm sure Dragos, will forgive me. I'm sure Phil will yeah. forgive me as so well. I'm sure you'll forgive me. Always. Always. Forever no and <laughs> Good. Um, for <laughs> anyone wondering what's happening this weekend, I can tell you right now, G2BDS are coming up this Sunday. That's the first BO5, by the way. That's when we do get into BO5 territory. Um, quick note before that, on the Saturday, we have those elimination matches. And then afterwards, Vitality Fanatic waiting for those who win those said elimination matchups. But again... G2 BDS is going to be a bomb burner. Like, this could very well be, you know, a rematch of the finals.
0: Yeah, and I think it's going to be absolutely sick. Sorry, pre-match. Um, yeah, and I think it's just as a, to ingrain it into you, Saturday is going to be a best of three between Heretics, SK, Giant X, Lions Koi. One of those, well, two of those teams, sorry, will be eliminated. The winners will then face on Monday yep. against Vitaly um, and Fnatic. And what our first best of five will be on the Sunday, which will be to
1: Again, BO5 territory is good. Yeah, 5 PM Berlin time. Okay, no, not Australian time. I'm, I'm not there. I'm over here. Dag, it was a pleasure being with you, and yeah. a pleasure Thank you for filling, filling in. in. Appreciate it. I'm sorry to drag us. I hope he feels better soon. Big kiss to him, and uh, for the rest of you, Euphoria. You know we'll be back next week with the real man right here.